Hey, folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Uh, Carlos, we've got Dave Burkett back. I should say the great Dave Burkett. It, it seems like we just had him on. Is It It, it may feel too soon. I don't know. No, or can we you, have to, we have can to you have never have on. enough Dave Burkett? Yeah, you right? can't have enough. A little goes a long way. But the, the, the other problem is that Dave and I were doing real work on Sunday covering the Lions. Huge upset victory while you were, I don't know, eating taffy on the Jersey Shore and on the boardwalk, hanging out with... What was her name? Uh, the situation and Snooky and all these, uh, all your favorites. No, you're right. I was in Jersey, and we'll get to that. Um, but I, I want to bring in Dave just for a second because let me ask you this, Dave. Carlos has, um, you know, written some some really really nice columns. Not that he doesn't always, but uh, he's he's been on a roll here. And then he wrote, and they've all been about the Lions. Uh, maybe one wings column, <laughs> and then he had a column off of the Monday press conference of Dan Campbell, where he basically wrote the coaches don't understand what the fans are cheering about. And I was just curious about your thoughts on that. Did, was Dan Campbell in a bubble, not understanding why the fans were so excited or, or is Carlos right? He He's just off in his own world and he heard a little bit of noise and wasn't sure what it was all about. Well, I mean, Carlos, when it comes to defending coaches or, or taking shots at coaches. It's only Matt Patricia's the only one. <laughs> Coach <laughs> Patricia, please. Doesn't. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you know, uh, Sean, I think we've talked about this before uh, on here and probably in press rooms <laughs> uh, around the, the globe too, that look, Dan Campbell was a Lions player, right? I mean, that's part of why he got the job was his understanding of this fan base. And, I know, and, maybe. You know, all it's been through. <laughs> so, I made um, me chuckle. No, I, I, I think he... he gets uh to a large extent you know why fans the the emotions that they have as they go up and down and um you know hate this team some weeks and love it others and and want the best for it and uh you know sometimes even call for his job i i'm sure dan understands that and bottom line is hey they've they've struggled a lot this year and uh they got to win the other day and so at least for a couple of days you know things are, are hunky-dory what was your reason carlos or your thought process i guess that he was kind of not quite understanding what was going on. I don't think he understood the full scope of beating the Packers. You know, I mean, I think like what I wrote was how they're, they're very much in, in a tunnel, you know, coaches are very myopic that way during the season. It's just, there, there's so much to take care of every week, you know, up and down, especially in a really hard week, like, like last week, um, through all the changes with the, with the coach firing, with the Hawkinson trade, you got to get your team ready, you know, and he would have taken a win over the little sisters of the poor. I mean, that guy just needed to win really bad to end that five game losing streak. And yeah, I mean, he knows, obviously it's a division opponent. The Packers are good, whatever. I don't think he really appreciates. He was here for really about a season and then he was hurt the other two, but he doesn't really appreciate how much the fans hate the Packers and how much the Packers have, I mean, I, I, he does has no idea about the Aaron Rodgers to Richard Rodgers throw. He doesn't, he doesn't understand that part of it. But he was in the NFL. What yeah. do you mean? He saw that. He no, knows that. he was not, he was not watching Lions games when he, who was he with at that time? Or he, I don't know. I mean, he, you don't understand the full scope of all that, of all the damage psychological that the, that, that the Packers have inflicted on the Lions over all this time. You know, yeah, I know, I know, Dave. I wish our listeners could see your face and what you're doing with your hand and your face right now. <laughs> I, no, I, you, you think he knows that? You think he understands that the Packers are have tortured the Lions more than the Vikings or the Bears or the, the how much you know all this stuff, <laughs> all these last second throws and I comebacks think, and the Matt Flynn? Do you think he knows who Matt Flynn was and what he did? You know, he doesn't. He doesn't have that kind of granular level. I'll bet you if you asked him what Matt Flynn did to the Lions, he would probably know that. But regardless, ask him, ask like. Him next time. I, I do think on a on a on a macro level or micro level he understands that, but on a macro level, like what does it matter? I mean, the Packers think this year. Like I, I mean, the Lions aren't very good this year either. They got to win. I mean, they're two and six now. You know, like I I understand fans would be excited that they beat the Packers because it's the Packers, but. Both teams stink. So what does it matter? I, I, want, I want to ask you a couple of questions. That's, Dave. that's the kind of view that like this general sports writer, you know, ah, oh, just the win, whatever. Both teams aren't very good, whatever. That's the kind of that's that's the kind of, you know, sort of uh um 
view, I guess, the, the, the national, maybe the national media might, you know, take. Of, eh. This is not Michigan, Michigan State, college football, Michigan State. This is as State, close as it gets. Two this and six and saves it its season by beating Michigan. No, it's not. This is the NFL. It doesn't it matter. matter. It doesn't matter at the end of okay, the day. Okay, I want to, I want to, this win. Go ahead, Sean. I just, uh, oh, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to try to compose myself here for a second because uh, this is the thing, you know, and, and we've talked about this before. I think both of us have said this before. Privately, publicly, to Carlos, you know we love Carlos, and you, and you know you know the, it, we record on Tuesdays or Wednesdays or whatever, and through the week, and sometimes Carlos and I text. You do, you see him, I see him. Sometimes we talk on the phone. Sometimes we have wonderful, you know, just human to human chats, or I'll read him or whatever we're doing, and the, and we get to the podcast, and then I hear stuff like that coming out of his mouth. I'm like, okay, does that just undo it makes the a lot of sense the previous week? So here, here here's here's two quick two quick questions. One is a, a serious one about what you're talking about the fans, but I want to ask you the sort of non-serious one at first. How, how was it with just you and Carlos Sunday at Ford Field, and was Carlos just ecstatic? Is he he kind of had the team uh, from the opinion uh, sort of platform. He was the 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 man, the the person. He was it. Was he was he giddy? Was he floating? How was that? What was that like, Dave? You know, it was it was good to be back with Carlos for for once because he's he's been so it's been so rare that I've seen him these days. I mean, you know, big time. You know, Carlos Minares now. You know, he uh, it's I don't just I don't get to see him a lot, so it was nice. But Sean, I, you know, we looked down press row and we were like, is it really just us two? I mean, this is the <laughs> line. We wondering where you were at. Yeah, no, I it, it was it was kind of. No, weird. I got like, I got we, a, we thought, I got a reprieve. Actually, the the weekend before it's Michigan Michigan State was a night game and it was late. And, um, you know, that's the, the, a tough turnaround, but it's something that we do. And our colleague, Jeff Seidel, had texted me right as I was actually getting ready to walk on the Ford Field last week for the Dolphins game and said, hey, you know, why why'd you, why are you trying to make this turnaround from, you know, middle of the night uh, college football to, to this? I've got it. And uh, I said, no, I'm already here. It's all good. He said, well, next week. Don't worry about it. Don't don't come because I had uh, Michigan at Rutgers, which is a late night game. That plus travel, which is fine. You've done that before. Man, I don't know if you've ever done that turnaround before. But anyway, uh, I said, you know what, you know what, Jeff, I might take you up on that. And so that so it's Jeff that didn't that I need to. Well, yeah. no, and Kirk yeah, didn't want me to do it. No. The, the truth is, the truth. I mean, Jeff would offer, but the the truth is, Kirk didn't want me to do it. And then I just thought, you know what, Carlos will love to have all that extra elbow room. All that, uh, you know, so he's the voice and uh, he wants he wants you know, to be the voice. And I, you know, that's totally I, cool with me. I just wish I was big time enough like you guys that, um, you know, after those those, you know, Sunday road games, those, you know, Sunday night games when I take the red eye back or, you know, whatever the case is traveling all day Monday that I, I didn't have any anything lines to write. So, I, I, you know, I, maybe if I knew people like you guys, I, I really need to. Well, you could still write. I mean, I would also wish I were big time enough like you, Dave, that to admit that the reason I'm doing that is because of youth basketball or I want to see my kids or I want to be home to eat my dinosaur chicken nuggets. It's not anything to do with work. It's everything to do with your own creature comfort habits, which I admire and I think is great. All right. Well, that's part. That's why I leave late, yeah. and not why I come home and go to right to work. Oh, I see. I see. Well, no, we've been there. But look, we don't want to get too far down into this uh, inside baseball. <laughs> oh, Carlos heard the word baseball. He's going to want to talk about baseball. Let's ask, let's ask Carlos this though, and it's just for both of you because we need to hear from Carlos. Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. We do. We do. Well. Did, Oh, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, to, to getting back to the fans and understand the Packers and your point about this isn't Michigan, Michigan State. That that was a, it's a weird feeling that a lot of a lot of folks had, you know, right? They some didn't want to win at all because they're starting to think about the draft, and um, yeah, some won, and they sort of want they enjoy that feeling. But can both of y'all sort of? T if I don't know if Carlos can, but I want him to try. Can both of y'all talk about the the nuances here about? Because it's not Michigan State having a terrible season and beating Michigan or vice versa. That's it's not the same, as you pointed out, Dave. What you think? I'll let our esteemed Gus go first. Well, I mean, look, I I begrudgingly give Carlos a, a small sliver of of credit for where he's coming from. Maybe maybe you know Carlos is just a, a fan at heart of the Lions, and maybe that's what the problem is. Because I was driving home from the Lions practice facility Friday and. Uh, I had 97 one on the Valenti show was on and uh, you know, he and Rico were talking to a fan and, and they were asking whether, 
you know, you, you just said like giving up on the lines, right. You want them to lose at this point, play for draft position. And I think most, you know, I don't know how long I was in the car for listening to that, but, but, you know, the couple callers that I heard it, it sort of, they were agreeing with, with Mike and Rico on that. And one caller said, you know, I want them to beat the Packers because it's not because it was the Packers, because it was Aaron Rodgers. Really. He said, I, I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers happy. So I want, I want to see this frustrated Aaron Rodgers that we saw. And then after that, I want the lions to go on losing games and, and improve their draft position. So I, I, I say that to say, you know, maybe there's a, a sliver of, of truth to what Carlos said, that there is this hatred for the Packers because they've owned the lions for so long, but Look, at the end of the day, we're talking about professional football and we're talking about two bad teams and neither team is, you know, Lions didn't save their season by doing this. No one's going to look back on this season. And if they lose out, say, well, at least we beat the Packers when we went two and 15. It's still the NFL here. The Lions are still in the position where they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. They need to get this thing turned around because beating the Packers shouldn't be the measuring stick for any team or any fan. It should be much greater than that. Well, you know what? Dave is right. And I'm really glad no one at the Free Press writes something called power rankings in the NFL because, you know what? Wins don't matter. They're all the same. One through 17, it doesn't really matter. But as Dave knows, I mean, unfortunately, he's he's crafting a, a you know convenient narrative to suit his own. Uh, he should be, you know, the, 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 the opinion, you know, formulation from Dave is really good. I mean, um, one day he's going to be a Sean Windsor columnist and write one and a half whole columns and then take two days off. But uh that's a, that's a ways off, but no, man. I mean, this is, this is the thing. What did Dan Campbell say on Monday? You know, we should have won two more games. He knows he, you know, the Vikings and the dolphins were right there in his hand. That's the kind of stuff that when you're talking about looking back on the season, whether it's the fans or whatever, it, the media, we're going to be looking back on these things too, as they were close, they could have won. They let them, let them get away, you know, but they were close in those games. They should have maybe won those. Sheila Ford Hamp is going to look at those too, as we were close in those games against teams that are looking pretty good right now, right? The Vikings and the Dolphins. So that means something. The quality of opponent means something. And even though the Packers are not a good team right now, they are still the Green Bay Packers. And it's been super hard to beat them. And winning at home, handing Aaron Rodgers' butt to him, having that funny meme with the phone call and hanging up, you know, on the sideline, that means a lot. That means a lot to fans and the, the folklore of what it means to be a fan, to hate Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know what you're saying about the, the caller. Like, I don't want them to beat the Packers. I want them to beat Aaron Rodgers. I think that beating Aaron Rodgers means you want to beat the Packers. I'm pretty sure he's on the team. But, um, yeah, it means a lot. You know, this is going to mean something. And let's not forget this. And I, we've talked about this before, Dave. You know, winning at home is a bigger deal for the owners because you're not on the road by yourself with a smaller group on your private jet, you're at home surrounded by all these friends and family and whatever. It's your time to shine as an owner in an NFL team. The congratulations, how it feels so much better. You feel it from the fans. You feel it from your, your, your close group. The celebration is more meaningful and beating the Packers. I mean, cause, and let's face it, owners, NFL owners measure themselves against other teams, other ownership groups, other programs or franchises right the packers are the gold standard in the nfl for how to run a franchise so to beat them means something hey we were able to do it and especially because of everything that's gone on how bad the season has been how disappointing the two-year tenure for for campbell and Holmes have been to win like that to end a streak at home it, it means a lot more you know and this is something that the greater point of the column was this that they didn't stop the bleeding in this game. They're probably, they're looking at maybe a nine game losing streak. And we were talking about that in the press box while Sean was, I don't know, having his third dessert in, you know, downtown Manhattan, the Waldorf story, wherever he stayed on the company's dime. But we were talking about this doing hard work. And we said, listen, you know, the problem is it's not just, Oh, it's nine. It's a nine game losing streak or a six game losing streak or a seven game losing streak. Those aren't just done in a vacuum. Every week, the pressure mounts. Every week, you start, you're going to see more calls for Campbell's job. You're going to see more signs, more bags on people's heads. And you're going to see it's going to mount and mount and mount. And you, they couldn't just lose out. That's not, that would not, you could not keep Dan Campbell if it reaches nine game losing streak. If you lose to the Jaguars at home, all these things, you couldn't, it's unsustainable. So this stopped the bleeding, you know, and it calmed everything down, brought the temperature down. You know, and this gives them at least 
reprieve for a few more weeks. We'll see what happens. But at least right now, people are are satisfied. You beat a huge, uh, a hated division rival. So I think that, I mean, what did you think on Monday? Didn't you think there was a difference in Campbell's demeanor, the whole vibe of the press conference, even on Sunday night? Well, there was, but that's, like you said, because they won. Like, I, I don't, I mean, have they beat, you know, the, the, had the, the schedule been reversed and have they played the Bears, you know, this you know, two days ago and, and they beat the Bears instead of the Packers? Or maybe that's a bad example because it's a division rival, but pick a team, right? Had that been the Jaguars, like he would have felt better because it's a win. And ultimately in the NFL, that's all that matters. Like it, it doesn't matter who you beat. I mean, you know, we went through this with, with Jim Caldwell, right? Where they got mad that 2014 season, the Lions had a pretty good defense. They were a pretty good team. And I know Jim Caldwell was frustrated. A lot of people in the organization were frustrated because they felt like they weren't getting enough credit because all their wins were coming against crap teams. And, it's, you know, they weren't beating. The, the Packers were really good that year. If I remember, they didn't beat the Packers. Um, you know, maybe they were the, like the, the winning teams on their schedule. They, they weren't beating, right? This is part of the whole Matthew Stafford narrative. He could never go on the road and beat good teams. And so I know Jim Caldwell's first season and they thought they were doing some really good things and they were getting frustrated because people weren't giving them enough credit. And ultimately, like, you know, I mean, it you need to beat some of the good teams and you win some games like this against crap teams. Like, does it matter? Not a whole lot because the Packers are no good this year. Aaron Rodgers looks like a shell of himself. Like you got to two and six. That's not, that's not anything to write home about. So does it stop the bleeding? Does it stop people talking about Dan Campbell's job? Yeah. For a week. But guess what? If they lose the Chicago bears, people are going to be right back calling for Dan Campbell's head again. I, I disagree with that. If they lose, unless they get manhandled to Chicago, but if, if they lose, I don't. I don't think they're right back to where they were, you know, in the during the five game losing streak. I think he's bought himself a little bit of time for goodwill. It, it all depends how the game shakes out. But if it's not a weird, you know, you're going to question every every timeout that Dan Campbell takes and give him a a letter grade down in your grades every time that he <laughs> he does something wrong that you don't like. But uh, I've said Dan should stay. Like he's not in trouble right now. But everyone else thinks he. And, and look, I I. I I know that to your point, right? If they would have gone or if they go two and 15, like then you have this discussion, but I've never thought that was going to be the case, right? I've always said they're going to win six games or whatever. You said eight games or something because, like that. Yeah, beginning of the season, I did. I, I, I thought they were going to be better. But even right now, even the last couple of weeks before they won this last game, I said they were going to win six or seven games because I look at the schedule and the Jaguars are terrible and the Panthers are bad and the Bears aren't very good. So you can split with the Bears, right? The Packers aren't very I mean, there are winnable games on that schedule that the Lions should get. So ultimately, when we look back at the season, we're going to say, you know what? They went six and 11 and they probably squandered a couple games that they should have won. And maybe they would have been eight. Maybe it would have given us hope and, and maybe we would have been in the playoff mix. But Really? I mean, are they is is a is a six win Lions team or an eight win Lions team that much different from a four win Lions team? Like in that moment in the fans eyes or or in that the euphoria of that victory, but not in the big picture of things, because this is not a good team. And whether they go, whether they finish with four wins or six wins or, or eight wins, that's that's not going to that's not going to change. They're not on the level of the Kansas City Chiefs and the uh you know, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Buffalo Bills of Josh Allen is healthy and, and the teams that are legitimate Super Bowl contenders that you strive to be, that you want to be as an organization. The Lions are not that. And yes, they, you know, need to take incremental steps to to get there, um, you know, under this regime. And, uh, you know, no one is asking for it to happen in one day, but beating the Packers doesn't make you appreciably closer to that goal. But, but the, I mean, as you said, I mean, it doesn't happen in one day in year two of the rebuild isn't beating the Packers, what you're supposed to be doing at least. I mean, isn't that, no, that's not, Oh yeah. The bare minimum, a bare well, minimum. You're supposed to beat these bad teams. Right. So I don't, I'm not giving the lions credit for beating a bad team. Like, okay, you did something you were supposed to do. Go out and, and beat the Miami dolphins. When you have a chance, yes. a pretty good team, beat the Minnesota Vikings. When you have them on the ropes, on the road, like win those games and you get a little bit of credit. Go six and eleven and beat the Panthers and the Jaguars and the Bears and the Packers and all these crap teams. And no, you don't get much credit. In my That's eyes. what I'm saying is is they're supposed to be at least beating the bad teams, winning the games that are winnable, right? And and as we find out, you know, as we go through the season, I mean, I don't think anybody thought the Vikings were going to be as good as they are right now. Um, you know, but you know, as we go through, I mean that that losing to the Vikings at the end of the season. 
might look a little better if the Vikings are like 14 and two or three or whatever, you know, I mean, second best record in the NFL right right now. Right. I mean, if they trend toward this, you know, it's like, well, we lost to the Vikings right now. It feels like they should have won, but man, maybe they were better. And yeah, Campbell, I know Campbell cost himself a lot in that game, but, but I'm just saying that, that you're right. The measuring stick really should be you're playing basically like a division lower. You're the JV team and you should be beating the JV teams right now. That's the measuring stick. So I'm just saying that that's the right step in the progression, right? Of beating the beating the Packers at home, well, losing to the Bears at Soldier Field. I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. I think that that's hard to win at Soldier Field, and the Bears aren't hopeless, you know. So if it's a close, game, I would say you're. Yeah, I was just going to say I would say you're right. It's on the right path, but I don't know that it's a step, right? Like you're not you're not taking a step forward. You're just continuing along the line of the same thing, like to take that step forward and have that progression that you talked about to use that word. Like that's when I think you need to start winning some of these games to actually be relevant. All right. We, uh, let's, let's take a quick break here. My head is hurting. Um, I'm sure that I'm sure the (laughs) listeners are too. Um, Carlos can work on his insults and stop talking about Waldorf Astorias, which haven't been relevant for 50 years, but, so we're going to give Carlos time to come up with some more modern insults. Uh, we're going to give Dave time to take a breather after trying to school our buddy here. And uh, we're going to give uh, Anjanette Delgado, who produces this podcast, time to to slip some commercials in. And uh, we will be right back with more free press sports. Pay some yeah, bills. Let's pay some bills. We'll be right back with more free press sports with Carlos and Sean. Welcome back to free press sports with Carlos and Sean. Um, Carl, so we're, we're going to get to Michigan football here a little bit. And Dave used to cover Michigan. Not that he's an expert right now. I mean, there's a lot more than you do about it, but that's that's a low bar. By the way, he's he has volunteered to do a uh, recruiting story for the Free Press whenever he's asked to. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he loves recruiting stories. But let's let's Carlos knows so much. I love let's that. let's wrap up on the Lions uh, uh, real quickly. Um, you guys just had uh, you just spent a long time there trying to figure out what what it all means. I. You know, I think you're both right in, in some instances. I mean, look, fans have a, a Pavlovian response in some ways. It's a, it's a subconscious, maybe even not subconscious, emotional response when, to a win. They just do. They can't help themselves. You just so there's a there's a certain amount of joy in the mat in in that. I agree with you, Dave. It doesn't. I mean, the Packers are part of it, but it wouldn't have mattered. It could have been anybody in there. Campbell would have responded the same way. The fans would have been relieved and had that joy. Maybe they had a little extra joy because they don't like Aaron Rodgers and there's a the Packers aren't a rival necessarily, but but yeah, they do hate him. I mean, Carlson's They're not a rival? The, the, there, there's no... I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know the division? Here we go, here we go. Do you know the division the Lions play in? Is They're that- not a rival in the sense that Michigan and Michigan State are. It's just not It's not that way. This is, first of all, did you go to your sport? It's not the Yankees and the Red Sox. It's just not. There's not that kind of... You know oh what I mean? God. It's just... They right, don't... Who's, who's the Lions rival if it's not the Packers? There's. They don't have a rival. I mean, they, 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 have, okay. they have teams they play in the division every year that they don't like. I'm sure there's... Right, but it's not. Um, first of all, you got to. Well, it doesn't because the Lions haven't had success. It's not on the level exactly. Of the, but but internally, you know, Carlos, right? For the people here, right? That's they hate the the Packers and the Bears, and right, those are the two teams I think they hate the most. I think so. the problem More than with Sean the Vikings, is that right? he doesn't. Sean doesn't get. I, the, I think Vikings. Are Sean's hard. in love with college football and the pageantry, and he uses no, a word called I Nissan. Don't. I think college football is. He um, loves it. He loves the college football is jump scam. around. I'm glad they're getting paid. I, you know, he loves, the, the no. NFL doesn't have that. I mean, Sean takes a shuttle to the doorstep of Fort Field, sneaks in through a back entrance, doesn't see the fans, doesn't understand the whole culture of the NFL. I mean, that's you know what, Carlos, you're right because I think you're. I mean, you you hit it right that like there is a difference for some people. It is about the pageantry and their alma mater, and and you know all that goes on with with college football, and that's why they can live or die with their team. But for some people, for other people, it's about I want to see the best product, and that's the NFL. And, and that's, that's what it is in the for Lions, me, right? Even though they're part of it, they haven't been the best product, and that's why I say, you know, like no, the, the NFL. I mean, the NFL. The I so, prefer the NFL, Dave. Right? I mean, let me ask you. I, no, you I don't. You do not prefer the NFL. Of though. course, I do. It's Old the same punky. with the NBA. I, it's the level of the sport. To your point, oh Dave. God. Let me ask you this though, Dave. Yes. And Carl should know better because he's from a state that has a real professional rivalry. You mix up the Packers fans and the Lions fans as they they've been the last third. 
25, 30 years. If they were both beating each other periodically, I think it would be different. But you mix up the fans. How much fighting are you going to see? You mix the Giants and Dodgers fans, and they're killing each other, literally. Right? So, well, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, no, it's just I, a different – it's a different – kind of a thing i get it lions fans don't like the packers at all they don't like the bears either right they especially hate how the bears take over their stadium every year look you know success i think i think that's what it comes down to right and we're talking about right new york there's there's not really college teams they root for there but the yankees have been extremely successful right Uh, you know the, the 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 giants you go back in in history right like when they were great like that rivalry with the eagles or the cowboys those were were pretty fierce rivalries and we haven't had that here in detroit and and so because we haven't the lions haven't been good and and so i I get why people are you know why they they love their michigan and their michigan state and those rivalries mean so much to them and they live and die with it and and maybe a little bit of why they you know to carlos's point why why you know they they some of that matters to them you know, with the Packers and, and the Lions when, when those team two teams meet. Well, no, but they take pleasure. Ultimately, I think that would be if the Lions were winning games. It would be different. Like, no, for sure it would. But let me I just to, let, I have let to me explain just, something. Carlos, one second. Quick. One second, please, Carlos. Just let me say this real <laughs> quickly. The, the the Lions fans, Lions fans to me, care more about the Lions than any other team in our area cares about or any other fan base cares about their team in our area. And I include Michigan football in that. And I mean, I've I've been around Michigan football, like when Rich Rodriguez is there and so forth. There's an apathy that sets in, and I'm not saying there's not with the Lions, but the Lions fans are just a different kind of loyal, and the passion and the love and the way they put in the onesies from the start. And it's not because of the school; that's a different kind of identity. This is a broader, deeper thing, and of course that's true. Yeah. But they just don't have. It's not like a collegiate rivalry. That's all I'm saying. Of course, they're. I never right. said it was. Of course, I'm, they're I'm not professional. It's a collegiate of course, rivalry. they're professional rivalries. There are, but to your point, Dave, you're right. They just don't win enough. Okay, go ahead, Carl. Sorry. I just needed to explain to to Sean, since I think he hates baseball, you know, more than hockey maybe. But uh, (laughs) yeah, like the Yankees and the Red Sox, there was a long time where the Red Sox were not good recently and the Yankees were amazing. That rivalry still existed. And by the way, Sean probably doesn't understand this, but the Lions were, have been around longer than the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years that he's been a columnist. So uh, yeah, you know, the, the Lions at one point were the team of the 50s and the Packers were the team of the 60s. So they were, there's been, the, even though the Lions have not been good for a long time now, you know, and the Packers have been really good for like three decades, there's been a time where the Lions and Packers were actually both pretty good before the NFL became the NFL really and expanded and all that. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a history there, you know, and even I think, I mean, the two teams, there's no question, you know, Lions, Bears because Chicago, Detroit, they identify more as Midwest rival cities. Right. And it's like Pistons Bulls, right? I mean, they were, they were, they hated each Pistons other. Pistons Bulls long had time. a huge, yeah. And that, and they had, and Avalanche and Red Wings, that's, that's NHL hockey for both of you. But um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's rivalries that are based on, you know, excellence, you know, recent excellence. And there's teams, there are rivalries that are based on historical, you know, uh, competition and animosity, whatever. Um, and I think, Part of it is at one time, yeah, the Packers and Lions were not that far away from each other. And now the Packers have just become this, you know, the 800-pound gorilla, right, in the division and in the NFL. And you have Aaron Rodgers. And that's that's been part of it. If you ask any Lions fan, maybe maybe if Sean gets to a game uh, more than 10 minutes early one of these days, he can go talk to some fans and ask them if there's one team you could beat every year, who would it be? And I'll that's all I used to Packers. do. That's almost funny you say that. That's all I used to do is go to stadiums and hang out with the fans. Um, I did that for on the, I did that on the news. Don't give me the um when you don't know. It's mm. it's just that's what I did on the news side for a while. It's the only in fact I remember when I used to go to the Silver Dome to do it, and all they all they did is fight. There was fist fights all over the place. I used to literally get sent to stadiums. That was part of my job. I wrote a, an undercover fan column, but I used to literally get sent to stadiums, Dave, to hang out and talk with fans. I hung out with tailgaters a decade ago. Remember, you know, the the parking, uh, there's an old emptied out theater. I think it was United Theater. Anyway, that's now a parking deck. It's one of the coolest tailgating spots in the country. It's got to be. It's just down the street from Ford Field. I did that over and over and over and over. Carlos didn't understand that, that Lions fans actually cared until he was at my house a month ago watching my boys get upset when they lost to the Vikings. So what? All of a sudden, he's an expert, and he had he wrote a column admitting he had no idea what was going on under his nose for the last twenty years, 
And now he's an expert. Dave, come on, man. Where, where what are we doing? We're doing is making up, yeah, making look. up, I, making up uh, uh, the the narrative of my column that is not true is what you're doing. But go ahead, <laughs> Dave, keep going. Dave, Dave, <laughs> Tell me what I, mean, I wrote, Sean. Keep well, going. Well, my goodness. Do you remember? No, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, look, you're right. I mean, the the Silver Dome brought out a whole different breed of fans. But look, Carlos, I I think you did make a good point there, right? Like the the Packers and the Lions. I mean, they were rivals back in the day. I, I don't know that that matters to, you know, uh, Sean's kids who were you know uh, 20 years from being born or 30 years from being born when when that happened, and they can still live and die with them. Um, because, you know, fans are so invested in, in the Lions and, and what they do. And it's great. I mean, it's 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 great to see that. It's great for business. Um, you know, I, I, I can't imagine, you know, being a fan of a team for this many decades and, and to have your heart ripped out and not win a playoff game like that and, and what keeps them coming and back. And that's the point, right? Like that's what's do. amazing about this fan base, right? That That's it right there. The, the great fan. They I mean, keep I coming back. Yeah, there's no rival in the sense of, I mean, I get it. You know, you, you, the regional rivalries and divisional rivalries or whatever, but it's just, it's not right. like you're right. Uh, my my kids age fans, they don't, they don't care. They want to be the Packers because of Aaron Rodgers, to your point about the collar, right? Because he's, he's yeah, disliked, and, right? Right. And, and that's I the key. Think that's it, right? Like it's, it's not just about beating no. the Packers and Hey, we beat the Packers and we, no, no, like they, they, you're, you're right. They despise the Packers because the Packers have owned the division for three decades. And, and it went from, you know, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and they're both kind of, you know, dislikable exactly. guys based on exactly. thing, but you know, I was curious what the lines were winning. Use. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, it, it's a but, family right, show. It, if that's right. It, the lions can't, it, you know, they, they have just, that team, that organization, all of these organizations really have been what's been holding the Lions back. But it, more than that, it's been the Lions holding themselves back. And so I think that's why I say to whoever that win would have been against, it, it just was. And given the week that it came on after firing a coach and, and trading your tight end, like it was just a big sigh of relief for everyone. And like Dan Campbell said after the game, he just he needed to go decompress and drink a beer. And, and this is had to, you know, get back to work, I guess, take a few, few days off, a few hours. Oh, right, right. This was, this Carlos was a, right. this was a huge win that way because of everything that happened. Sheila, Sheila talks the week before right. Brad Holmes says the weird ass, you know, uh, well, that's, one, it's we a huge win for those reasons, not because it was green Bay. Carlos, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, you, you could have actually written a, a column with a headline that and this wouldn't have been complete exaggeration that in some ways he saved his job. And I'm with you, Carlos, because if that if that rolls and you're ended up as a two win team, you know there, there's going to be serious serious pressure with that, right? I mean, he really did, because and then you get the negative momentum. I'm, I completely agree with you, Carlos. You're absolutely right. I just understand Dave's point too that it didn't really matter who it was; they just had to have a win. All right, Sean said I'm completely right. Completely right. We'd like to thank uh, Andrew Hammond for producing the show. <laughs> No, but it's it, it's true. I mean, I, you didn't necessarily need that. Uh, Dan Campbell didn't understand why it was such a big deal because it's a big deal for you and nobody else. And I and that's cool. That's that's fine. You're, you're hey, you didn't fully appreciate it. Yeah, it's your opinion, and and that's cool. All right, we we want to talk about. Uh, we got a lot of time to talk about Dan Campbell, right, Dave? Dave, let's talk about Michigan football. Carlos wants to do that. Carlos, what do you want to talk about? I want to. You have to explain what Nissan Sen means to the to the readers out there. Where you were. Uh, your highfalutin vocabulary. Okay, let me ask you something. Away. Let, let, all right, let's the literary okay. elite out there. Let, let, okay, Mister Aloof, uh, Mister Look Down on the people you write for, um, or write to, maybe in your case, I'm part of the common man. I relate to the really, common really. Man. Did you did you know what it meant? Um, I did know what it meant. Okay, so you are assuming that nobody else does. Oh, I know what this means because I'm smart and I'm from Southern California, but these rubes here in the Midwest don't know. Why don't you say I'm from LA? You never let me say I'm from, I'm always sort of Because you're not from LA. That's the, that's the, um, I'm not, I didn't grow up in the swingers movie, so I'm not from LA. No, no, you're not from East LA either. Come on, man. It's it's LA. You didn't even have a fish taco. If you count yourself as a Detroiter, I count myself as a. You didn't even know what a fish taco was down in Orange County, (laughs) hanging out with all those John Wayne Republicans. Come on, man! Not that there's anything wrong with that. John Wayne Republicans. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that at all. Oh man, these are my people, and uh, everybody's my people. No, but seriously, it's seriously. God, not only made me lose train or lose (laughs) lose track of what I was saying. Michigan football, you loved hanging out with your no, 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 Dave, Dave. This is classic, Carlos. He sees it. He sees something. He knows what it is. 
but he's assuming that, oh, the poor little dumb people out there don't know what it is. And I'm being at least that's exactly what he just admitted. That's unbelievable. What, what do you think, Dave? I don't know what it means. So I don't oh. know you tell me, enlighten me. It's, it's, it, it has you to do with Dave Burkett. How dare it's you? Just a, it's a classic thing about how you set up. Uh, it's, it's from it's from the movies in the 20s, really. But it, it has to do with how you set up a sense of place. It's a little bit more than that, but that's the easiest way to say it. Kind of a sense of place and the feeling for the uh, for movies and and what you're going to see on the screen. So it's just, I just would have said sense of place then. because it's not quite sense of place, but uh, you know what I mean. But that's right. So not a, not apparent, not really. I guess I no. It's 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 more about how you arrange. It's a sense of place, but also how you arrange <laughs> things on a board to have them look when you're setting up a shot. So the feeling of how things are related to each other and where they in space and all that. Yeah. I'll remember that for my next movie making class. So I don't, uh, but no, it, it, yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything else to add. Other than that. I didn't know. I guess I'm the dumb. No, you're not, paid, you're not so. dumb. I mean, that has nothing to do with that. I just, uh, I'm just likes to make you feel dumber. Make no, himself feel smarter. I don't. I just, I just assume people out there understand. Right. I mean, it's English language. You know what I mean? So I just assume. And I read stuff all the time. I, I'm not good with words. Well, no, that's a, no, you're, words, fi- you're fine with words. words. Don't you guys do? I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole here, but don't you guys find that you're reading something and you're like, oh, I haven't, I don't, I've seen that word. I don't remember where it was, or you haven't seen that word. It's rare that you haven't seen a word, but, but it, I immediately go look it up. I'm curious. Like, oh, okay. If you can't figure it out in the context of the sentence, don't you guys do that some? You don't stop. I mean, yes. You know, when I uh, when I read Dr. Seuss books to my kids, there's not many words that I come across that I don't <laughs> oh, know. Those Dr. Are. Seuss kids, oh my God. Kids are like in high school I thought hour. Dr. Seuss was canceled, by the way. <laughs> uh, was was, was Dr. Seuss know. canceled? Guess, yeah, there probably were some books. Yeah, no, no, there were because we had a couple of those books and I sold them on eBay for big money during the oh, pandemic. Did. So, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Entrepreneur, All right, what are we talking about with Michigan football, Carlos? We're talking, uh, I want to know Dave. Old? I want Dave Burkett's uh, opinion here of uh, of if he thinks that his buddy Jim Harbaugh probably live in the same subdivision. I'm assuming, but uh, where you how <laughs> how far do you think this team can can this team go all the way, Dave? Can they beat Ohio State? Can they can they win a game in the college football playoff? What do you think? And, and are there any are there any from from what you're hearing from your many you know scout buddies? Are there any promising NFL, uh, you know, high draft picks from that team? Well, um, we don't live in the same subdivision. We just happen to play basketball against each other, or, or kids, right? Baseball and all that good stuff. Um, look, I, I think the, I, frankly, I, I've been pleasantly surprised with with how good they've been. You know, I mean, I you lose some of the defensive talent that they did last year, right? Aiden Hutchinson, obviously playing for the Lions now, Ajabo, everyone else, like you just assume that maybe they're going to take a little bit of step back, but Blake Corman, that running game are so good. And that's something that they do so well at a time when there are not many teams in the NFL that that do that, that I absolutely do think they have a shot. I mean, they right now, right. It, it's Georgia is the best team in college football and they are loaded with, with draft prospects again. Um, and flip a coin. Is it Ohio state or Michigan? And, you know, I think Ohio state has the the better win, right? They, they beat Notre Dame and, and, Michigan has probably looked better, especially of late. Um, so that game in two weeks is, uh, you know, I, I, it's going to be something. And, and I do think whoever wins that game has a shot. They will be the two seed, presumably, in the playoffs. And and that means, uh, you know, they wouldn't have to right If they're two and three, those Big Ten teams, one of them is going to play, be the fourth seed and play Georgia. So I think you have a legit shot to get to the national championship game if you are, uh, if you win that game. And, to, you know, look, the real quick, the Carlos had asked about the, you know, we were talking about Blake Corm a little bit off the air, like um, whether he should go pro or kind of, you know, where he would stand. Uh, you know, he's I I always fall on the side of, of these guys getting their money. And I know they do now in the, uh, you know, with the NIL stuff and everything. And I, I just don't you know, I don't know that Blake Corm coming back is. You know, he's, it's not going to make him a first round pick. You know, Bajan Robinson is the Texas guy um, that is probably the best running back in college football and will be the first pick of the draft. Alabama obviously has a pretty good running back, too. But I, I don't know, without having canvassed a, a bunch of NFL scouts, I, I think Quorum's a guy that definitely gets drafted and, you know, probably a mid round guy and has a future in the NFL. So, um, especially if Michigan has the type of towards this year, 
um, yeah, this this might be for Michigan fans. You might want to enjoy Blake Corn while you have him because I, I don't know how much longer he'll be around. It's hard to imagine him him uh, coming back just because of the, the the shelf life of these guys, right? The thing about Corn too that, and I, I'll be curious to see if he can do this in the NFL. I mean, because he's got really good wiggle, right? Change of uh, speed, change of direction. In fact, he had a touchdown run in the first drive Saturday night at Rutgers. I don't know, 30 some odd yards where he just did a little in and out step and just dropped a guy and then and and scored, which he's done all year. And it was called back because of an illegal formation, if I'm not or too many guys in the back. I can't, yeah, one of those. Anyway, um, he can also though, and he's got good speed, you know, and he's not quite as quick straight ahead as the, his his teammate, Donovan Edwards. He's got good speed, but man, he is uh Coming into the season, I think a lot of people wondered if they were going to be able to get the tough yards that they did with Hassan Haskins a year ago, who was a really good um, college level between the tackles running back. Coram is every bit that, right? That's the thing. He can go in there. He is so hard to bring down for a guy who's 5'9". He's 5'9". And, um, I mean, he's built, though. And But but that's the thing. He can he can get out and, and make big plays, and he can go get you three yards on third and three. And, um, and that makes well, him really valuable. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, you look at, you know, I think it was the ringer wrote something interesting here a week or two ago, just about, look, we all know the way to win in the NFL, right, is is you have an elite quarterback, right, a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, but we're sort of in this transitional phase, right, Brady is fading off, Aaron Rodgers fading off, right, some of these guys have left, and, you know, there's teams right now that are, you know, they've, they've built with, um, a young, cheap quarterback, Miami Dolphins, right? And you sort of try to surround them with as much talent as possible, right? You get a couple, um, I heard someone compare it to the NBA, right? You get a couple scorers, you know, the the Miami's two receivers and you, you put them on a roster with a cheap quarterback and, you know, maybe you get some playmakers on defense. And and one part of that is having a running game, right? Look what Seattle did with Kenneth, with Kenneth Walker and, and, you know, getting back to some of their basics and, and some of these other teams, the Tennessee Titans, you know, they're still a very relevant team in the NFL because they can run the football. And so I, I do think that, um, you know, I don't know that the, you know, running the the football is, is back in vogue in the NFL or, or how much it ever left. It's still a passing league, but yeah, when you can, when you can chew up yards like Blake Corum can, um, I, I do think there's a place for you to play in the NFL and, and you know, probably have a pretty successful career at that level. What too. do you think, Carl? It's not just about quorum, it's just about can they go beat Ohio State and and more? I think there's I think there's a very real possibility of beating Ohio State, you know. Um there's there's gonna be, I mean, and and quorum's gonna be a big part of that, you know. And it's also, I mean, that that game might there's a chance that game might decide the Heisman trophy, right? Between Stroud and and Quorum. And I don't know that. I don't know, Dave. Does I don't think the Heisman really matters that much as far as helping your draft stock. It doesn't hurt, I'm sure, but um, he's been very he's been very impressive, and I think he's listed as five eight, which probably means he's five seven. But uh, yeah, he's he's not very big. He's not big, but he is impressive what he does. And one of these, you know, smaller running backs can have success in the NFL either as Walker's five size. nine, Carlos, right? Yeah, I mean they they can they can. He's a I think he's a little bigger, but yeah. Um, Earth wise, whatever, but, but yeah, I mean, there's, I, I hope that Blake Corum gets a chance to go definitely a second day pick. Hopefully maybe somebody takes a chance, you know, you just know someone, someone smart out there is going to take him in the second round. They're going to say he's overdrafted or whatever, but then he's going to have a pretty good career. Um, if you're in the right system, if you've got a good uh, offensive line, um, you know, I, I would like to see what he does, but I definitely think, you know, the, the Wolverines right now are just, it, it 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 almost feels like they're a team of destiny in some ways uh, with everything that's gone right for them, everything that Jim Harbaugh has done, you know, the way, you know, your, uh, your BFF JJ McCarthy has played Sean, um, you know, they, they've just, everything's worked out for them. The defense has gotten better, faster, all these different things. Um, they really, they really aren't, there aren't other than maybe they're, you know, deep threat receivers, you know, they don't have that one amazing receiver to take the top off the defense kind of guy. Um, that's a little bit of their Achilles heel, Achilles heel, probably. Um, but definitely, you know, Ohio state looked beatable last week. Um, I, I really, and imagine that, right. If you beat Ohio state two years in a row, you beat them at the, 
at the horseshoe and everything, uh, what this will mean. And that definitely the college football playoff ranking, you know, like, you know, Clemson was obviously fraudulent, shouldn't even have been in there, just got the SEC vote or whatever, however they got in there. But um, so it's it's shaken out the way it should be. Um, so, yeah, but uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. And then, you know, in another year, right, we're going to see what uh, J.J. McCarthy, where he goes, because he's he's the he's the future of the NFL right now. He's. You know, as Dave, Dave and his BFF, Patrick Mahomes are, you know, uh, the running, throwing, dynamic quarterback that you can't get enough of. Um, Caleb Williams. I'm all on the USC train. Caleb, Caleb Williams, Williams. Best quarterback. Caleb football. Williams. Yeah. Um, that's another one, right? Um, playing the tough uh, uh, Big Ten Far West right now. So, uh, yeah. that's, that's right. uh, the, the thing about McCarthy is that, and it's because he hadn't had to carry the offense at all, right? Because of Quorum and Donovan Edwards and, and so forth. And McCarthy's not very big either. I mean, he's six one, maybe, right? And he's he's a little bit slight, but he's got he's got all that arm power. Um, and he's fairly accurate. The deep ball is still working on a little bit, but I'll be curious to see against I mean, maybe it's Ohio State, and if they get past Ohio State, it's definitely gonna be Georgia. I don't know if there's another there's not another defense out there like that, but I that's what I want to see him. Can he compete? At that level, and Carl's point about the receiver, it's not just they don't have a deep threat speed-wise because they've got plenty of speed receivers in their receiving group. They don't have somebody that goes 15 yards on and out and makes a contested catch up over the top, like what Keenan Coleman did, it does for Michigan State and did against Michigan on their lone touchdown drive, right? He made a couple of NFL-level catches, contested catches. They don't have anybody that's done that quite, but... But to your point, man, Dave, they got everything else. Their offensive line's better than it was a year ago. They got three leaguers there at least, including a transfer uh, from Virginia, the center, who's been really yeah, old. Yeah, right. exactly. They're just they're more they're physical in a different way than they even were a year ago. Defensively, their their back seven's a lot faster. They lost all those guys, but they just run a lot better. And then McCarthy can make throws that McNamara can't, and and Corm is better than Haskins, which is crazy to say. They may lose to Ohio State, but they're better this year. They they may beat them and get to Georgia. And to me, they're more suited, they're built better to compete with that level of athlete. They may not have a bunch of first rounders on this team, but they probably have 10, you know, guys that are either going to get drafted or invited camps, maybe more by the time if you start include the young guys are going to be available to get drafted in a couple of years. They they've they've got some talent. I don't I don't know. Um, you know. If you look at the two fan bases for Ohio State and Michigan, you know, I think you would think that the Ohio State fan base right now has to be really worried about Michigan. They've got to be Absolutely. nervous about that game. Absolutely. And I think the Wolverine fan base is not worried. They're excited about going into the shoehorn and handing them another Cautiously, huge loss. Right, right. And, and I don't know. They're don't not know confident. Uh, they're they're I would I don't know I I don't know I, I apparently I'm not qualified to talk about fan bases no you're really sure. not but that but that's I'm not okay. even Go sure ahead. if this qualifies as a rivalry Sean between Ohio State and Michigan you you tell me if that's a rivalry no but that's nice that you're comparing Green Bay to Detroit to this no no but you're right Carl's they're they're this is to me this is it and Dave covered this team and you you were out here in Ann Arbor for a while the difference this year even from last year is that I don't think they're expecting a win necessarily in Columbus. But they know for the first time in forever they can go down and compete, and they're not because the last couple of times they've been down there they lost by forty. You know what I mean? And they know they can compete this year, and that's a totally different vibe. I don't think they're cocky that they're going to go win, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's different for sure. I think I think the fan. Well, you I don't know. I I would think the fan base is. I mean, depends on what happens in the next week or two, but but they're probably. I would guess the fan base is expecting them to. Come damn close to winning, if not. Yeah, to give them a game you know. for sure. For yeah. sure. Maybe oh, more there, than that. There's no question. There's a little bit too much PTSD with the, you know, 15 out of 17 or whatever it was losing and, and the and the way they have been beaten recently. Um, but last, last year, year, man, last year washed a lot of that. You it know, did here. Away. Winning, they still haven't won in Columbus in 20 years, right? So it's it's there's still a little bit of that, but there is no question. That I think this fan base understands this team can go compete there. Getting to Georgia, that's a different matter. But all right, Dave, you 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 done with this, or you got a little more time? No, I'm around for whatever you need. All right, because we got to do the favorite thing, and uh, it, so I think you've done that with us before. Let's take one more quick break and come back and wrap this show up. And uh, Carlos can tell us about his favorite thing, and you can do, Dave. All right, we'll be right back with more free press sports with Carlos and show. Hello. 
I'm Phil Friend, the host and producer of Spartan Speak, a podcast collaboration between the Detroit Free Press and Lansing State Journal focusing on Michigan State sports. Each week, I'm joined by the OGs of the MSU podcasting game, freak beat writer Chris Slarry and LSJ sports columnist Graham Couch, as we discuss and dissect the latest sports news coming out of East Lansing. Not only is Spartan Speak one of, if not the longest running MSU sports podcast out there, you won't find a show with two people as clued into the Spartans as Chris and Graham, each of whom has spent a decade plus covering MSU and bring years of institutional knowledge and insight to the podcast. And once in a while, they'll let me throw out a take as well. Along with discussing the latest news, we'll break down the Spartans' last game in the hardwood and the gridiron. What went right? What went wrong? Jet sweep. Again? For both Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo, get you ready for the next game, make predictions, and so much more. We can also guarantee at least one reference to Kalamazoo every podcast. So if you haven't already, download, subscribe, and listen to Spartan Speak on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your podcast app of choice. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Uh, Carlos, it's the time of the show. It's uh, it's my favorite thing, and I would like you, who uh, grew up in Los Angeles, to go first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wow, I finally got to be from L.A. Thanks, Sean. Um, yeah, my favorite thing, and then I know this is very foreign to you and Dave, um, but my favorite thing was going to the Red Wings game last week, Thursday, they were playing Washington, and they were celebrating the 25th anniversary of their um, Stanley Cup that they beat. Um, uh, they won that year. They beat Philadelphia, I want to say. But they they finally beat the Colorado Avalanche in the you know West Conference Finals. And it was a big moment for the team. And so they brought back a lot of the players, you know, the big ones, the, you know, the Brendan Shanahan. Some of the, the Russians couldn't quite make it because there's a little problem over there in Russia right now. But uh, the big one was Scotty Bowman, you know, their iconic coach, the best coach in hockey history. And um, the two, my two favorite things of that were Scotty's 89 years old now. He, I, we, I couldn't believe it. I mean, Helena St. James, our Red Wings writer, looked it up and I would have just guessed he was maybe in his early 80s, maybe, maybe late 70s. And I mean, the guy was sharp as a tack. He, he was, we were asking him questions in the pregame, you know, uh, press conference. And I mean, he was going through, you know, rule changes and things in the, in the NHL and trends he didn't like and, and line combinations and players in Buffalo and all that. I mean, the guy sounded, I wrote, he sounded like he could coach tomorrow. You know, it was just so cool to be able to listen to someone like that. And you never know, you know, age treats people differently over time, but it was just heartening to see that and to see the players respond to him. Um, Igor Lariana was there and, and uh, McCarty and those guys. And it was just fun. It was a little bit of recapturing. If you're a hockey fan, which I don't know if either of, I don't think either of you ever been to a paid to watch an NHL game, but um, if you're a, that's the one that kicked yeah, the ball. No, it's, right. it's like Actually, soccer and I yeah. stayed, you're right. It's close to that. Um, but yeah, it was for a hockey fan like me who grew up during that time and <clears throat> appreciated the Red Wings from afar in Los Angeles. Um, it was cool to see that they brought out the Stanley cup, by the way, it was sitting there at center ice. Um, and by the way, Steve Eiserman made sure not to touch the Stanley cup um, <clears throat> while he was there as the general manager, of course, but it was just a cool kind of throwback day. The fans really liked it. Um, it was a little bit of a hint of maybe, maybe the Red Wings are on the path to possibly recapturing some of that glory. And by the way, one little aside to the to this whole thing, Dave, and you talked about quality wins and all that, and Sean doesn't think there's any rivalry in the NFL, it doesn't exist. But one thing Steve Eisenman has brought up is one of the issues that they had last year was that even though their record got better and they showed promise and everything, they didn't beat good teams. And that's what he wants to see. And I, I'm glad that, you know, sports are different, but I like it when general managers and maybe even coaches acknowledge that quality of opponent does matter. Significance um, does matter in certain victories um, because yeah, end of the season games when whatever, you know, people are sitting players and whatever doesn't really add up to a whole lot. So um, it was just a nice, it was a nice night. I'm glad I was there and uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe uh, we'll have a, a little playoff run toward the end of the year and uh, season. And maybe Sean Wins will actually get to a hockey game then when there's travel to be had. No, no, no. Dave, um, Mary, yeah, Dave, it's, right. it's, it's, uh, 
Yeah, Dave, I'd like you to go, but before I, uh, let's get back to this rivalry. Rebuttal, this a rebuttal to my favorite thing? No, <laughs> no this no, is the first. No, no, no. no. It's, it's a it's great like closing arguments. You can't rebuttal. It's a great favorite thing. It's just this idea of NFL rivalries. I mean, you know, the Colts and the, the Colts and the Patriots were for a while, but they're not anymore. That's the thing about the NFL. They don't. I mean, and by the way, the Packers and the Vikings and the Packers and the Bears are probably bigger rivals than the Lions or the Packers, right? It's just Packers and Bears for sure. Yeah. Yes. And and Packers and Vikings because they're right next to each other. But um, well, they're not that far, but apart in any case. Yeah, it's You're it's right. a different. Go ahead, Dave. What's your uh, what's your favorite thing? Because my well, you know, I mean. I love talking hockey, so Carlos stole my guy. I, I was, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you pulled the Sean Windsor no. judo move. No, 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 no. I mean, but I, I think I might go to a hockey game next month, Carlos. So just you know, friend, uh, my son's friend Who's is going you the for tickets? his birthday in there. When's the last time you bought <laughs> hockey hockey tickets to a to a Red Wings game, Dave? Ever? How old am I? Yeah, no, I, I don't think ever. I mean, if it's free, it's me, right? I've, I've always said that. My favorite school is FSU, Free Stuff University. So that's who I support. Um, no, look, uh, all right, favorite thing. I, I I really, look, honestly, I thought about going with, um, you guys are familiar with the horse Cody's Wish. I don't know if you saw that. On, I saw it on ESPN last week. I thought it was an awesome story. Um, the horse that that won um, was named after, uh, you know, a, a child that's dealing with, um you know, some uh, very rare disease. And, and it, you know, it was one of those things that brought me to, uh, you know, got a little, got a little misty in the uh, the room there and everything. It was, it was just a cool story, but just to stay on brand, since every time I do this, I think I say something about the kids, right? So my, my favorite thing is that it's basketball season. Basketball season is starting oh. for my team. We had tryouts on Monday and we're, you know, airing or recording this on Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday were our tryouts. And so I got that, that juice going, man, like the season is here. I'm excited about the next couple of months and see what this thing, uh, you know, brings for, I, I've mentioned this before, right? My daughter's in eighth grade. So this is kind of our last, uh, our last run with, with this team. And then they'll all splinter and go to their different high schools. But um, it was good being back on the basketball court Monday night for our first, uh, first round of tryouts and just to, to get the, uh, the, the champs back together again and, and see what we got in store for this year. So that's my favorite thing, getting back on the hardwood and, and getting back to coaching for, uh, for one last That's time. really awesome. Right, Carlos. And by the way, that was nice and short, you know, right, Carlos? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no need for a rebuttal. No, right? no rebuttal. By the way, uh, I bought last time I paid hockey tickets was when my kids were a little bit younger, and I took them to see the Penguins, and the crowd chanted uh, Cindy Crosby the whole time. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that was, that was uh, funny. They 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 had fun doing that. So it's it's been a while though. To Carl's point, Sean's kids but, are in their fifties now. By the way, no, they're not. That, yeah. So that would have been I don't know. It's been in the last ten years. In any case, uh, to answer your question, Carl's, um, and I used to go New Year's Eve for whatever weird reason. That is uh, weird. A couple of times. Yeah, I saw the Bruins one time. And anyway. Oh, they play an afternoon game, right, on New Year's Eve. Yeah, uh, it was in the evening. Right. Yeah, no, it was uh, really? the, the ones I went to. Yeah, I remember huh. being dark. So, of course, it gets okay. dark at 530. Was the pops. That was the pops that you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, uh, but anyway. All right. Real quickly, my favorite thing is... Um, uh, I went to Rutgers uh, for Michigan Rutgers. I went into Newark. I, <laughs> Walled off the story. Yeah, yeah. I, flew to, I, flew, yeah, I flew to Newark and stayed in Newark. And normally I go into the city and, and I don't know, maybe it's I'm getting older or whatever. And there's a series of trains you take to, to get into the city. And, and I love that normally. But um, I had a little uh, time. My flight was delayed. I had a little time Sunday. And I had a rental car, which I never do in that area, but I did because I wanted to, you know, it was a night game. Didn't want to get stuck at Rutgers trying to find an Uber anyway. So I thought I, I love diners. I cooked in diners. I cooked diners. I was a shorter cook in diners and cooking through school. I had a history, one of my history classes, a pop American history class where I took a trip to Pennsylvania and Philadelphia to go to diners, to hang out, to write about the influence of American diners and food and all that. So anyway, I love them. In and college? In college, yeah, I drove. You were taking through, road trips in college. Okay, all right, sorry. For it was just for a class or a term paper. Anyway, um, I mean it was cheap. You know, gas was a dollar, whatever. You stayed at twenty dollar night hotels. You made it. You made it happen. Um, you know, Orange County, maybe you don't do that as much, but in any, in <laughs> we any fly case, everywhere private in Orange County. In any case, I thought I'm going to go to a diner. I, you know, I don't need to go into New York City. That Carlos is the latest place. You know. With his Waldorf Astoria hotel bills and so forth. So I drove up to Hackensack, which is, I don't know, 25 minutes north of Newark, 30, depending on the traffic. 
and went to this little place called White Mana. And it's it's a diner, but they served three things. They had a little horseshoe countertop day with about eight stools that were so low. It's almost like, you know, you're sitting on the ground. And then a little further, one more ring with about eight more stools. And that was it. It was like room for 16 people. It was wall-to-wall people. And it was a grill in the middle. And all they made were sliders. Ground meat, patties, onions on them. And they put American cheese with a potato bun. And then they had fries and shakes. And that was it. And they'd been there for 80 years. And you call everything out. And it, it was just, it was fabulous. There was a guy next to me kind of helping me out with the order of little things. Because it was a little bit like the soup Nazi. You don't. <laughs> the, the gal at the grill would say, what do you want? And the people would say, well, I want this and fries and this shake. And she's like, no, no, no. Just tell me what you want on your burger right now. We're starting with that. And it was awesome. And the sliders were great. You would have loved it, Dave, although you would have said no pickle or ketchup or anything. But uh, Just cheese. Just, just cheese. cheese. No right. onions, right? Nothing. But Dave, this Dave is, counts cheese as a vegetable, by the way. But, this, yeah. is where, yeah, this is where right. they, they put this great meat on a flat top that they've been cooking on for all these years. And then they press the onions into the meat. And then the juices, the onions mix. Carlos knows what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's anyway. And, sure, they, and, they, and because of inflation, they raised the price to a dollar eighty. Uh, Before nice. COVID, they were buck twelve. So you know, our, our editor was happy about the, the that that bill, right? So who anyways, told you, who told you how to find this place? That's what I want to know. I just, I just, I mean, New Jersey's kind of the home in Pennsylvania, Western or Eastern Pennsylvania. It's it's the birthplace of diners, right? And so, I just when I. When I been, when I was younger, I would always seek out new ones. I almost went to a place called TikTok, but uh, but I wanted to go to this one. It's called White Mana, and um, anyway, it was it was it was awesome. It wasn't like the Pennsylvania thing, Carlos, where they got political and all that. That little diner last yeah. year, oh, yeah. Uh, outside. yeah, that was a great it, story. It wasn't like that. This was just purely. It was just people were just happy and enjoying and. I mean, who wouldn't be a dollar fifty hamburger, right? That's delicious on a grill that's been there for seventy years. Anyway, that was my favorite thing. By the way, because one, one, since you got a rebuttal, I get a little bit of a rebuttal. Is I've I've eaten and I've been lucky enough to eat in some really expensive restaurants and stuff and humble, humble brag. brag um, but the most intimidated I've ever been anywhere ordering food was when I went to uh, Pat's Cheesesteaks in Philadelphia for the first time and had to order. And I was like, and my wife lived in Philadelphia and she she was from, you know, she knew she'd been there before, but I was like studying how to order the food because I didn't want to screw it up because you get yelled at in diners and those kind of places. And and I was, I was just like, okay, they're going to ask for, you know, with cheese or whatever and this and that and, you know, whatever the, the, the ordering, you know, uh, uh, protocol was so uh i was i was that's no matter where i've been i've always been you're right sean the, just tell me what you want <laughs> yeah no especially in the east coast right it's yeah just, oh yeah uh, they're not shy about telling you you're an idiot no 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 but this this place was fun and the guy next to me ordered 10 a younger young guy ordered 10 and i looked at him and i said you can eat 10 and, and i knew it wasn't all for him and it was right but i said you're gonna eat 10 really he started laughing he said no i'm gonna eat five i'm like oh my god because I was going to have just a couple, and then he said five, and I said, I, I'll get three, and even that was too many. I mean, they're small. They're sliders, but still. Are they bigger than the White Castle or about the same a size? A little bit, a little bit, and a okay. whole lot better. I mean, and I like a, I like a White Castle. I have a guilty pleasure for that. Sean, you going to uh, New York for either Lions The second games? one. The second one. Okay. Uh, yeah, our colleague Jeff Seidel's got the, got the first one for the Giants. We, and maybe, Giants. We'll, maybe we can hit it. Yeah, yeah, and you can just tell them no onions. There you go. I'll take you. Just that, give me the <laughs> patty in my hand is what Dave's going to want. That would be my pleasure. That would that would that, let's do that. Well, we'll see what time our flights get in at, but if we can make it happen, we'll make it happen. Yeah, let's let's do that. Uh, in any case, all right, Carlos, do you want to take us out this week? Yeah, we'd like to thank uh, first of all our the great Dave Burkett for joining us once again. Um, the honorarium check is in the mail, Dave. You should get it in five to ten business days. Um, uh, but mostly we want to thank our producer, Andrew Hammond, who makes this, puts up with our ridiculousness every every week. Um, uh, executive producer, Queen of the World, Anjanette Delgado. Executive uh, producer, King of the World, Kirkland Crawford. And the big man himself, Peter Batia. And where do you find 
Dave doesn't know where to find this podcast, Sean. Where do you find it? Is anybody? I mean, really? I mean, obviously, you can find it on the on our homepage at thefreed.com, but uh, you can also find it at Spotify. You can find it at Apple. You can find wherever you find your favorite podcast, Carlos. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Dave, go to go to free. You can find it on my Twitter feed when I retweet. There you oh, go. He's, he's going to retweet us finally. Great. Uh, it depends. We'll see. <laughs> Only if you pay off that lunch. We'll, have you, we'll so. have you back soon. You can talk about the blue check and if you're going to keep it or not. I don't have it. I never, oh, yeah, never had it. I've, I've, I'm, I'm a man of the you people. You don't need it. I've never yeah. had it. That's yeah. right. Just, Are you going to pony up the eight bucks now or to get it? <laughs> oh, he almost got bleached. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, is that something we can't yeah, say on here? No. We're, we're, we're G, no. G minus. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're doing no. good. Dave, Dave go. thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. It's always a blast to have you on. You got it, guys. Uh, Carlos, I'll see you in Allen Park Wednesday. Sean, I'll see you in like a month yeah. and a half next time you're at I see game, how so. it is. You, I see how it is. You go back and forth to who you're going to poke about this. <laughs> Used to be the other yeah, way around. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, no, I, I've been out there recently. I've been out there. Last one was out there last week. Yeah, I saw you last week. Come on, man. You, <laughs> that you count? Let, yeah, yeah, you let me no, in the you're building. Right. You're yeah. right. And you weren't yeah. there. You were somewhere one of those days. That was shocking. Anyway, all right. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. Let's thank the listeners, Carlos. We're uh, we're grateful for anybody who spends the time, as you say, with our ridiculousness and our silliness. We try to have a little fun here, and uh, we will try to have some more fun next week when we'll be back with more free press sports with Carlos and Sean. <laughs>